Cool. Well, well, here we are. The door has closed. That means recording is on. Nice. Let's do this thing. Mr. Unicorn. I, I feel like that's better than just unicorn. You know? Wooly and unicorn. Wooly and Mr. Unicorn. I mean, we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't really have a preference, do you? No, it's your world, dog. I'm just living in it. <laughs> well, uh, to all of our listeners uh, out there, Derek is out of the country. He's gone uh, for now. So this week, we have a special guest, Mr. Unicorn. And uh, Jeremy Daniel, who's been itching to be on the the podcast for a while now, begging, begging each each week. Hey, when when am I going to be on the podcast? Finally, you are finally here. Episode twelve, week twelve. Boom, boom. you have made it. How do you feel? Uh, right now, I feel good. Consequently, did Derek send you the picture of him going into his hotel room through the tiny door? No, I did not. No, he did not. It's pretty phenomenal because he is. Um, not a tall man, but not a small man. Yes. And so the picture is, is pretty phenomenal. It's, it's like a little trap door. It's great. I'll have to. You'll have to send that to me. I will. I will. And I will complain to him for not sending it to me. Uh, cool. So uh, welcome to the podcast where we wing it and uh, we have fun. Uh, so first off, the first thing that we need to do is fun facts. Fun facts with Zach. We'll do we'll do two this week because it's a special episode. Uh, have you have you stayed up to date with uh, the podcast so far? I have. You listened to the one that dropped this morning. I'm a I'm a P one from day one. P one from day one. That's right. <laughs> I listen every week. Okay. Well, uh, number one fan, Mister Unicorn Jeremy Daniel. Um, okay. Well, I'm trying to find a good fun fact. Because I don't know these off the top of my head, (laughs) as many people might think. Uh, Okay, so since it's May, I'll give you this one. All right. So the 29th of May is officially known as put a pillow on your fridge day. Put a pillow on your fridge day, May 29th. I mean, I guess. I I don't see why it wouldn't be. Yeah, so it spans back to the early 1900s where families would place a piece of cloth in their larders. <laughs> what is a larder? Uh, uh, I just read it, but... A larder is a little can, uh, and they use it for cooking, I think. Oh, they would dump with their out. lard? Yeah. Like they put the... Okay. I think so. I could All be right. wrong. Fun fact. So, apparently it's celebrated. I've never celebrated it, but it's celebrated in Europe and the USA to bring luck and wealth to the household. So, if any of you want luck or uh, wealth in your home, put... A pillow on your fridge on May 29th. Or get a larder and put a little piece of cloth in it. Yes, or get a larder and put a piece of cloth in it. There we go. Uh, all right, fun fact number two. Uh, oh, my gosh. This this should not be a percentage, but 7% of American adults believe that chocolate milk comes from brown cows. <laughs> That's... That oh, how do they? How do you determine that number? How do you determine that percentage? Did they do a poll? Apparently, uh, so seven percent of Americans. It doesn't sound like that many people, but that's actually sixteen point four million people, American adults. 
So I feel like I've met some people that would probably believe that chocolate milk comes from brown cows. As crazy as it sounds. I don't put it past people. Well, I think I think what's also deceiving is like on the milk, like chocolate milk, like promised land, they have a brown cow on it. <laughs> they do have a brown cow. For their chocolate cow. milk. And it is brown. How do you make it brown without it coming from a brown cow? Although I'm sure there are a lot of other things in that milk. I'm still confused about the first guy that ever drank milk. Like, what was he doing? Like, what was he thinking? He probably saw a little calf drinking it. I guess. Do you do you think about that often? I do think about that sometimes. Like, how the first like person first who ate a thing came to be brave enough to eat that thing. Right. Like, uh, like a pineapple. Yeah. Because it's sh- like it's kind of sharp on it, it's pointy and it can pokey and hurt. And they're like, hey, let me open that up. Let me see what that juicy goodness is on the inside. Yeah, well, like a lot of things they teach in survival or like if something's like really, really bright, you don't want to eat it. Or like mushrooms. <laughs> there are a lot of really bad mushrooms. Yeah. So how how people, how many bad mushrooms did he have to go through? Yeah. How many bad trips and bad experiences did he have to go through to get to a mushroom that didn't actually do that? You think it's like, a, like a, just a guy sitting in a factory, you know, just eating things and writing down notes like, well, that one's not good. That that one tastes like poison. Well, like durian. Have you ever heard of the durian? Stinky uh-uh. fruit. It, it smells horrible. Like they won't put it in their cars when they're transporting it. They put it in like a double bag and put it on top of the car because it smells so horrible. But apparently it tastes really, really sweet. So it's one of those things that the taste is not reflected in the you way it smells. You to get over it. Uh, wow. Yeah, but somebody ate that. Like they yeah. opened it and like, this is the stinkiest thing I've How ever smelled. How in the world? And yet they ate it. Maybe it was somebody that didn't have any like... Like any smelling senses. Yeah. Yeah. Or jackfruit. I think it's just intimidating. It's just all spikes and, and massive. But somebody said, let's break that thing open and eat it. That's crazy. Uh, so when I was younger, like 10, 15 years ago. Did you still have a beard? No. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, I was watching this show on History Channel. What was it? Like American Eats, maybe? And so what it did was the show would walk through different factories, different things that American people eat typically. Uh, so like one of them, it was at, um, like a, a hot dog making factory. And so like, I think it was Oscar Mayer. So yeah, they went through Oscar Mayer. So they showed like the machine, like how, it, like the history of the hot dog and then how it's made and everything. Basically like everything that they scrape up off the ground and then put it, that's the hot dog. Uh, actually that's spam. Uh, hot dog is just like all the leftover parts. Um, and then, there was one, and it was Ben and Jerry's, and they had a guy who, like, full-time, gets paid really well, benefits, who eats ice cream and tastes, like, he just tastes the ice cream all day eating ice cream, and that's his job for Ben and Jerry's. New flavors, everything. And he has a golden spoon that he uses. There's so many people who make money doing things that I wish that I could just do. Like, how do you get into the... Right. Like, I'll taste your ice cream for $50,000 a year plus Absolutely. benefits. Like, what do you... Like, what do you tell people when you... Like, oh, hey, yeah, what do you do? Like, yeah, I'm a, I'm an ice cream taste tester for Ben and Jerry's. So, that new chunky monkey that you're tasting? Yeah, I tasted that. Like, what? question for you since you are a man who has traveled i have near and far most places i didn't want to go 
Can you can you tell us some of the places that you have been? Oh goodness, uh, I will say that before I moved to Waco, I had only been two places. One was uh, Ethiopia. That's in Africa. How was the coffee in Ethiopia? Uh, it <laughs> uh, it was interesting. I mean, it was it was good. Like they have a lot of coffee. It's supposed to be the best coffee in the world because they supposedly. I don't know if it's supposedly, it's probably just fact, but that the coffee bean comes from Ethiopia. It it could. I, I don't know anything about I have some friends who could <laughs> who could talk about that. Jamie? Uh, Jamie is one. Uh, my buddy John, uh, who lives in Denton from Portland, Oregon. Mm, anybody from Portland knows yep. about coffee. He's the biggest coffee snob I know, uh, and he could tell you uh, all you wanted to know about those beans. But all I know about the coffee in Ethiopia is that it's best to do it black. Uh, because we were uh, in the hut of one of the guards on the compound we were staying on. And it was um, just what you think a grass hut would be, dirt floor, super, I mean, they were super gracious, really kind, really, really nice. There were like 11 dudes like packed in, uh, in two rows. They all had spears and they were staring at us. And so I was freaked out anyway. Uh, And then they brought us some uh, food that I was not excited to eat, um, but I didn't want to get stabbed with a spear. Uh, and so I was eating it, um, and and we were having this sour chunky milk. I'm not gonna tell you about it because it's oh, sad. But I've I was, heard about the sour it, chunky milk. It's 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 it was rough. Jamie was, told me about yeah, it. It was not a shining moment for me. But they had this shower, sour chunky milk, and I'm wanting more than anything to not be drinking it. And so then the the wife brings out coffee, and uh, she starts pouring it, and they're doing a coffee ceremony. So this is the ceremony they do. And then she opens up uh, this little, sh- what I thought was like a sugar cup, and it's full of what I thought was sugar, and she just starts scooping it in, and oh. I think, man, that's a lot of sugar that she's putting in there. Uh, and then she <laughs> she hands up the coffee, and I take a drink, and I almost spit it out, because it wasn't sugar at all, it was salt. Oh, and so, no. Yeah, so sugar's really expensive, and salt is a flavor enhancer, and so I guess they thought the best way to enhance the flavor of the coffee Intensify. was to put in... Intensify. Uh, yes. And so that made me a little bit gun-shy to travel, I'm, I'm going to be honest. But Jamie, uh, who drags me everywhere, told me that if I can do Ethiopia, because we were like seven hours away from uh, the city, and we were like, so we were like seven hours south of Addis Adibaba, which is the capital. Uh, we were seven hours south east, like almost to Somalia. Like we were right on the border of Somalia and like way out in the bush. Uh, there was no electricity, and I am, though I grew up in a rural area, I had described myself as a city boy. And so there was no power. Like you couldn't power your cell phone. You couldn't, You only had a generator for like two hours during the evening. Um, there's baboons and calibus monkeys. Like Baboons all- will steal children, ba- right? Yeah, so our friends, they had a personal bodyguard that followed their son around all the time, not because they were afraid someone was going to kidnap him but because the baboons will take little kids uh to the top of these acacia trees i don't know if you've ever seen an acacia tree but they can be like 90 foot tall with just these massive canopies and they'll drag them up into the canopy and just drop them what and so he had a bodyguard that was with him all the time and uh, consequently they are super strong and super mean we were out for a walk one day uh, and it was me jamie and our buddy shane and uh, we had bought him. Uh, we had brought him some crossbow parts for his crossbow, and he was like, "Well, let's let's go walk." So uh, we're going. We're walking down this trail, and I had stepped off the trail to uh, answer the call of nature. And uh, then all of a sudden, 
Jamie is just running down the trail. He's like, run, 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 run. Uh, and, and Shane and Jamie are both just hauling down the trail. Well, what had happened was uh, a baboon, uh, a large male baboon, <laughs> stepped out into the middle of the trail. And uh, Shane was like, well, I'm going to shoot this thing. And so he aims the crossbow, shoots it, hits it dead center in the chest. And the thing looks at the arrow, pulls it out, and just starts chasing him. Oh, my god! And gosh. so uh, Shane's like, run, 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 run. And... Uh, so anyway, yeah, baboons, they're mean. Nobody nobody knows it. You don't see that in The Lion King when that baboon is holding up Simba, but they're really, really mean, and they're really, really strong, and they like to drag kids into so the So li- The Lion King is deceiving. Uh, uh, how dare you, Disney? Absolutely, but it's Disney, us. so it's true. why not? I mean, it probably wouldn't be good that they show a baboon throwing the lion yeah. from. And so that was my first experience out of the country. Jamie would say, if you can do this, then you can do anything. Then I went to... Uh, Guatemala. We hung out with an orphanage, partnered with an orphanage in a church down there. And uh, so I went there like six times to do some drug and alcohol rehab things with some, uh, with a ministry that worked down there. And so that, w- that was it. I'd just been to Ethiopia and Guatemala. Uh, and then when I moved to Waco, uh, I went on a few, uh, we do care trips for uh, missionaries that we have out in the field uh, with our church. And so uh, we you know, since I've been here, I've been to uh, Prague. I don't know if you've ever been to Prague. Prague might be one of my favorite places on the planet. Never been it's, to Prague. It's in the Czech Republic. It's. I was going to say I could. I probably couldn't point it out in the map. Yeah, but yeah, Belarus um, is is a gray. It's just gray and rainy. Um, India. I've been to India a couple of times and Amsterdam. Uh, we have been to Amsterdam. Second favorite place on the planet. Malaga, Spain. If I had to live somewhere other than Texas, which is the greatest country on the planet, but if I had to live somewhere other than uh, Texas, I might pick Malaga. Um, but we'll be going to a couple of other places even in September. So he drags me all over the world and puts me in really uncomfortable situations that I don't want to be in, but I love him, and so I do it. Yes. So uh, so where did you say you're, if you could live anywhere outside of Texas was? Is uh, that the one in Spain? Uh, yeah. Well, I have a top three. Okay. And so, Let's hear it, because that was going to be my next question. You said Amsterdam was your second favorite place in the world. So uh, start yes. with number three and then go down to one. Uh, number three would be Prague, Czech Republic, uh, because it is old and it is amazing. and it It's is, a very historical. and It is. So we went to, um, we were in Old Town. There's two parts of uh, the city of Prague. You've got Old Town and you've got New Town. Newtown was built in like they started building Newtown in like 1357. Charles the Fourth, the Holy Roman Emperor. Consequently, the only time that the uh, seat of the Holy Roman Empire has ever been outside of uh, Italy was when it was in Prague, and so they started building Newtown in like 1357. Uh, we went to a church there, um, and you can go down to the basement of this church and see the cornerstone of the church, and it's like 700. Um, yeah, I think it was like laid in like 700, the dates carved on it. So it's just old, um, but it's also gorgeous. Um, and I, I like any place with like a really old feel. And we just, we don't have anywhere like it, honestly. Um, and so the new town is, uh, you know, almost a, it's like a thousand years old or something. And, um, and they have great architecture, great sculptures. Um, there's a, the high street is called Wenceslas Square, and at the very top, there's a sculpture of St. Wenceslas, who uh, they love St. Wenceslas in, in Prague, and so there's this big monument to him. 
uh, well, this artist in Prague named, uh, named David Cerny. I don't know how to say it. Uh, I'm not... I'm not Czech, so, uh, but his name's David Cerny. He has one that's like in this mall and it's the exact same sculpture, but it's turned upside down. And so the most disrespectful thing ever, but it's also really, really cool. And, and so it's um, a really artsy place, really neat place. So, so that would be number three. Uh, number two uh, would be Malaga, Spain. It is on the Mediterranean, just beautiful, great climate and tapas. So tapas, you know tapas? No. You're looking at me kind of funny. I don't know tapas. Uh, tapas are just kind of like little bar snacks. So you go in and you get tapas, and they could be like fried sardines or, I don't know, tapas. Could be anything. They're pretty good, yeah. And yeah. I like tapas. And again, it's got, it's really old, uh, and so it's got this uh, neat little downtown area that is just really, really beautiful. And uh, I do speak uh, un poquito Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like I can get around there. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. That was Spain? That was Spain. What What city did you say? Again? Uh, I said Prague, Czech Republic, Malaga, Spain. Malagas. Malaga. Malaga. No S. That's how people, uh, people say my name with a Daniels. And, yes, uh, I have and a there's no S Jeremy Daniels. I'm like, right. who? <laughs> That's right. I know Jeremy Daniel. I don't know Jeremy Daniels. That's right. Uh, so, all right. So, well... When you go to Spain, do you speak with a lisp? Uh, the Spanish Spain? Not unless I'm in uh, Barcelona. Barcelona. Uh, I've been to Spain two times, um, but only one for any extended period of time. We were in Madrid for uh, a day, I think, coming back from uh, a trip that we were on in North Africa, and uh, that's it. That's the only time. Uh, I did like Madrid. It's kind of neat. It's like a smaller uh, New York, kind of. Um, huh. And so we were, the street we were staying on had like where they do their Broadway stuff. And um, yeah. it was real touristy, real nice. We yeah. had uh, paella. Paella. So I'll tell you that story offline. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, Madrid is really beautiful. There's a lot of like history, a lot of architecture mm-hmm. and stuff. So that was really cool to see everything, um, see everything there. You know, I'll go ahead and tell you this story. Okay. Um, okay. So. Similarly, different trip than you, never been with you, but uh, gone to North Africa and coming back through Spain, uh, spent about 12 hours there, or 20, 12 to 24, I can't remember, and uh, we were, as soon as we got in the city, we wanted to go out to eat, and so, what, what is the food? Paella. Paella. See, I, I want to say papaya. I mark our, all trips by food, by the way. I, I think food is a very key factor, like, that's why I loved where we went in North Africa so much because the food was phenomenal. And I'm a very picky eater. But uh, paella, we we looked for a place with paella. I don't even know what it is. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what it tastes like. But they're like, oh, that's what we need to do since we're in Spain, since we're in Madrid. That's where we need to go. And so we start looking for places and we look everywhere. We pass at Chili's, like at TGI Friday's, um, all of these restaurants that I would be very comfortable with, like knowing what I can order. But uh, we keep walking, trying to find this place, and we see down an alley, and we see a place, and it says that they have it. And so we're like, okay, let's just go there. Well, we go in, and the front part of it, there's a bar, and then there's a casino type of area. Nice. And as soon as we walk in, all of these, uh, they, they weren't, well, they might, they might be Spanish, they might be Spaniards now but they were of asian descent and like all of them stop and start staring at us 
and they're like, oh my gosh, who are these weird people coming in here? Like they're not coming to play games. They're just going straight to the back to where the seating is for to eat. So we go in and we don't even get that food, paella. You didn't? No, it wasn't on the menu. Uh, but it was on out. It was outside. We we're like, you know what? We're hungry. Let's just go ahead and eat. And so we eat and everything. Well, then we get up and we're leaving. And as we're passing the bar, we see a dude who's passed out, blackout, drunk, sitting with his head down on the bar and his pants to his thighs. <laughs> So everything's hanging out back there, and we're like, oh my gosh, what did we do? So we didn't... Wait, you didn't pull down his pants, right? Nope, we so didn't. you didn't do anything. We didn't do it. We were, we were like, where did we go to eat? Like, what is this place? We were so confused. Well, as we're like leaving, we're like, oh, we are so sorry, like apologizing to the other... So one of the people that was with us on the trip was like 18. And so we're like, we're so sorry that we put you in that environment and that you saw that, like you had to see that. She's like, oh no, like y'all didn't see it when we went in. We're like, well, you didn't tell us. <laughs> you should, you got to warn us. Like we wouldn't, we would have found a place with better food and better environment. All that no paella. And no paella. That's the trauma of that. Yeah. For that so, young girl. And she didn't even, so have you had paella? Still now? haven't had paella. You still never. What is paella? Paella is, it's like rice um, and it's made in this big pan uh and it takes a really really long time to cook but uh they'll put like rice and sausage and um almost like chicken a, or shrimp or things like that so think almost like a jambalaya yeah except drier um and better, <laughs> it's better. Really good. <laughs> i like jambalaya there's yeah. not gonna be any ochre in it though well jambalaya is more french it is I saw something uh, this morning. It's talking about Steph Curry, uh, mm. and they were asking, "Is Steph Curry the best, like the best player right now, currently?" It. I think it actually went so far as to say, "Is he in the running to be the best of all time?" What is your take on that, Jeremy? You're a basketball fan. You're a fanatic more more so. Played all throughout high school and prior years and you didn't play in college did you or? no i wasn't good okay. I, I played a lot i wasn't good okay yeah i See? did coach it for a little bit you did coach it so you yeah. still know i mean uh scott drew didn't play basketball but he's a head he's coach. A great coach yeah great coach um so what what is your take on that on uh on steph curry before we jump into the whole lebron versus michael debate does he have a chance to be the goat, like the greatest of all time? Yeah. Here's here's my whole problem with the um, LeBron versus Michael debate, um, and and then I'll get to why I think Steph has a better case than LeBron okay. uh, for greatest of all time. If we're gonna go there, um, I, I think that LeBron is playing in a league that Michael built. So M- Michael comes into Jordan, Michael, like we're best friends. I mean, Michael, me and, me and Michael. Gosh, Mike. Uh, so Jordan comes into a league that is dominated by big men, dominated by defense, and, and that defense, like you got zero grace as the offensive player, which means that when you go down low, you're going to get hammered and you're probably not going to get the call. Uh, the kids today like to say that you know Jordan played with like milkmen and um, plumbers and things like that, but they were. <laughs> ridiculously good ridiculously good 
uh, and they played defense. And in that defense, they would hammer you if you were an offensive player. And so what Michael did is come into that league and completely transform the way the game is played. And so the reason that LeBron gets the calls that he gets, the reason that guards today get the calls that they get, is because Michael made that happen. So he changed the way the game was played. He moved it from a big man dominant uh, inside-out game to everything ran through Jordan. Now, there was still a lot more post-play than there is now, but everything ran through Michael. Um, and, and part of that was system, too. I mean, Phil Jackson in the triangle, it was, a, it was a great offense. But that whole offense ran through a guard, which was not the way it was done. Now, guards run it, but they run it with the intention of getting it down low to the bigs uh, so you can get the easy buckets. Um, and, and so LeBron has had the benefit of playing in a league that Michael created. And not doing it as well, in my humble opinion. Um, now, the reason I think Steph would probably have a better claim to greatest of all time if he gets to that level is because he has now changed the way the game is played. Uh, he has moved it from a mid-range or I'm going to drive to the drive slash to the basket uh, and, and get an easy layup or an easy bucket or I'm going to work really hard to go in and get the foul to I'm just going to step out as far as I need to and I'm going to drill it in your face and you now see teams beginning to build uh, their rosters trying to emulate that so how can we move the game even farther outside because uh, he he really is and you look at the Warriors and they're that team that you live and die by the three and they've shown you and, and the old adage was you live and die by the three, but you can't win championships that way. And what they've shown is you can consistently win, win at a high level um, with the three ball. Uh, this is five years in a row that, in a row that they're going to the finals. Yeah. So. And probably the third year in a row that they're going to win it. So. Mm, probably. <laughs> yep. There's no contender. Yeah. And, and so I think he's changed the face of the game. He's changed the face of um, the prototypical basketball player. Right, So he comes out of college and everybody's like, he's too small. What he did in college, he's not going to be able to do. Uh, and because he is just such an incredible shooter, a pure shooter, uh, he's, he's, changed the, he's changed the game. And so he has changed the game far more than LeBron has. LeBron has dominated the game, I'll give him that. But he hasn't changed the way the game is played. Curry has. Um, and, and LeBron doesn't play defense. So, Well, also, just looking at this last season alone, I mean, it, it's not fair, but... If if he is the GOAT, I feel like your team would at least make the playoffs. Well, he had a really <laughs> he he was on a really the Lakers were really bad. Yes. They they were really bad. And you know what his um the LeBron lovers like to say is well, he got injured and before he got injured they were on track to, to be in the playoffs. Uh, and so, again, another example of him being the GOAT is that with him, they were on track to be in the playoffs. Without him, they tanked. And then when he came back, he just didn't have enough time to to pull it out. Well, there were a lot of things that he did that, you know, like not winning when he was there were also prime examples of, um, of reasons that they didn't go to the playoffs. And then when he sat out the last six games of the season, I was just like, come on, man. Yeah. Was it two seasons ago that, uh, like, him – and a couple other starters like sat out. I can't even remember. It was it was in December, mm-hmm. and like I remember, the media was making such a big deal about it because it's like there are all of these players that have a consistency of playing every game, and then they're talking about him like sitting out, like like why why would yeah. you do that? Like yeah. almost as if it's. I, I feel like they were kind of attacking his character and like. Oh, this is just a job. It's not 
it's not sure a love for you or whatever. And I'm sure he had good reasons. I mean, again, he's he's no spring chicken, and so he's getting older. And I will say that. Um, though I won't give him greatest of all time, I will say that the way he's dominated the league for such a long period of time is phenomenal. Um, but when you hear people talk about LeBron uh, and when you hear people talk about Jordan, they're just different. So uh, I was watching a video yesterday of uh, Michael Jordan. He gets drafted right to, to play for the Bulls, uh, but that summer he's on the U.S. Olympic team. And they did this big traveling show where they got like these NBA all-stars. It was like Isaiah Thomas, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, um, all, all of these guys. Uh, they were on team and they played eight games. And so uh, the assumption is we're going to get the NBA players. They're going to beat up on these young college guys to get them ready to play uh, at an international level with um, uh, against all of these other countries. And so we want to win. And so they used the... NBA players as tune-ups. And uh, what should happen in that case is that the NBA players should dominate the the college players, uh, but they didn't. They lost all eight games. Um, and so the NBA or the NBA players lose all eight games. Uh, and in that game, like in, in those games, Jordan just dominates everyone, which is pretty phenomenal, right? Um, and, and they're not just like barely winning, like they're <laughs> They're 12, 14, 20. I think the closest game was eight points or, oh my gosh. Uh, or something like that. And so just dominating. And so afterwards, um, Bobby Knight, who was a coach of Indiana at the time, uh, Bobby Knight says he is the greatest competitor I've ever seen. Uh, he's uh, one of the greatest athletes uh, I've ever seen. Uh, and then just the raw, natural ability to do things that you, you don't think people are supposed to be able to do. Like, he's one of the greatest I've ever seen. And so Bobby Knight deems him that before he's ever played an NBA game, says he may be the greatest player I've ever seen. Uh, and before he even came into the league, like the, the lore, like the, just the, the respect that he garnered without ever playing a game, and people already assuming that he would be the greatest of all time. Like before he picked up a basketball saying, oh, he'll be a Hall of Famer is pretty amazing. Now, um, he earned that when he got into the league and he did some crazy, crazy, crazy things. Um, and so I love him. My favorite player of all time. I still, every once in a while, when I think about the fact that my kids will never get to see him play, uh, I I tear up a little bit. Oh wow! Yeah, it's it's sad. So would he also happen to be your favorite baseball player of all time? No, 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 no. I think baseball is the reason that uh, he didn't win five in a row. <laughs> so, so he could have. Oh, he totally. Uh, so what do you think about his career post post baseball? So coming back in the league and then retired. And then came back again, but with the Wizards, right? Is that yeah? So yeah. when he retired the second time, I think he should have stayed retired. Um, but yeah, I mean he's he's the goat. So who am I to question the things that he does? Uh, but he was also what was he like thirty seven, thirty eight, something like that when he came yeah. back with the Wizards, and he was still dropping twenty eight, thirty points a game yeah. uh, at almost forty. So yeah, I mean. Whatever. I, I, I think he should have stayed retired, though, the second yeah. time. It's crazy because I remember, like, I remember when LeBron, LeBron, when Michael was playing, when Jordan was playing, but I don't remember watching any of those games. Do you not? No. I got to see him play live against the Dallas Mavericks. Okay, that would and be fun. The Mavericks were horrible, um, but it was. <laughs> so I have three kids 
who I love. Uh, and I was there, uh, we adopted one and I was there for the birth of two of them. Those are, those are highlights for me. Uh, I have a wife who is awesome. She's way better looking than I am. So, um, wedding day, that's a, that's another highlight for me. Um, and then I think getting to see Michael Jordan play <laughs> against the Dallas Mavericks <laughs> would rank up there as well. Okay. So, well, was it, what, okay. Do you remember the score of the game? No, I remember nothing outside of he was there and I was there. We were there at the same time. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Jeremy, thanks for joining in this week. Thanks for having me, man. And since you'll probably never have me back, let me say it was a pleasure. Would you would you say that if we were gonna have you back? Uh, would I say it was a pleasure? Yeah, I would just say see you next time. Okay, <laughs> we'll we'll have you back. You're, you'll for sure be on. I don't want to presume too much. It's also it's also fun when you add Derek into the mix. Who's gonna yes. argue back more? Yeah. Who will say stupid stuff and like just to throw you off or whatever? Yeah. So all of his uh, arguments would fail. Yeah, <laughs> they would fall short. Uh, I feel like. You're the guy, like from the meme that says, "So whatever, whatever, prove me wrong." That's sit, that's sitting at a table drinking coffee. <laughs> yes. I feel like that's that's you. That's the Stephen Crowder meme. Yeah, the, I love those. Yeah, that's your that's your spiritual animal. <laughs> it's my spiritual gift. <laughs> and my spiritual, my spirit animal is Stephen Crowder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> prove me wrong. Oh man, <laughs> now you've gotten me. Never mind. Oh gosh. All right. Well, um. Jeremy, we will, we'll have you on. We'll have you on again. Okay. And we'll I'll see look, you next I time. I look forward to being back, man. It'll be good. All right, brother. All right.